alchemical goat. Hey guys, welcome back. It is the alchemical goat. Today we are going to talk about the dark night of the soul. I don't know why I feel like I have to say it. Like I like it's that. It's like deep and dark, but really, you know, as I was kind of reading about it and 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 going into this more, I don't really think of it as a dark thing. Mm. Um, I think for me, looking at dark nights of the soul that I've had, because there have been, and I say plural, like there's been many. Um, some of them are definitely darker than others. But for the most part, I kind of feel like they're always ongoing. Um, <laughs> they never end. And you learn to process them quicker and move through them faster and integrate the lessons. And I don't know, for me, it's now they're not as dark. They're more, you know, yeah, there's probably some tears, but there's also like a lot of, oh, I know, I know how this looks now. Mm -hmm. I know how to move through it quicker. Mm Mm-hmm. The word that keeps coming up is purification, mm, you know, that's a good word. of, and that's kind of where in the vernacular of, you know, what it means, right? Because you have to purge the shadow to transform it into gold. Yes. You know, definitely. it's that whole alchemical yep. process and that purification process is, is probably the most important because we got to figure out what doesn't belong anymore and get rid of it. And, and I think that's painful. I think anything, and, and, for me, like the dark night of the soul is like this whole, you know, from 29 to 56 Saturn cycle that, you know, we're, we're in this initiation and the outer planets now have moved so to where they are to start aspecting themselves and start giving us these really hardcore, you know, 3D life lessons. When like, you say 29 to 56, you mean ages? Yes. 29. Yes. That's interesting because I feel like. My first dark night of the soul is 15. And that's totally And possible. I, you know, I don't really look at, I didn't really think of it about. But that's your Saturn then, opposition. Until so that's. I started looking and I was like, wait, if I really think about what was happening, that feels like that was the first time. I think now that I'm researching Saturn a lot too, mm-hmm. is that some of us go through that process because we're not meant to be like, we don't have the responsibility or somebody taking responsibility for us that other people have, especially Gen X, yeah. just as a whole. Yeah. We were sort of on our own. So that p- parental thing where they kind of hold on to us yeah. until our 30, and then we, we, we were yeah. gently pushed out the yeah. door, was kind of bullshit. And so 15, 14, 15 was, is where the Saturn opposes itself, right? And we were mm. born with Saturn and Virgo, yeah. and then that's Saturn and Pisces. And that is a total shift, right? Because like Virgo is comfortable, you know, it's, mm-hmm. but it's really hard. I think Virgo in, in or Saturn and Virgo and Saturn and Scorpio are probably the hardest placements for Saturn because it's real. Yeah. And they're also, those are both purifying signs, right? Yeah. They're yeah. both about looking at certain oh things. Well, that explains a lot. And then Pisces <laughs> is so opposite of that. Pisces is like, oh, you know, like not, it. there's pain there. Mm-hmm. There's a struggle. There's really looking at the underbelly of the 3D, but there's also this, this want to surrender, which Virgos don't do. Yeah. 
you have a lot of Virgo, I have so a you lot know. Of Virgo. <laughs> so you and I, and me too, right? Yeah. But so yeah. so I think yes, that Saturn in itself doesn't just start when you're 29. And I don't want to make it sound like when it returns, all of a sudden you start feeling it. No, you start feeling it every time it aspects itself at yeah. seven years old, at at 14, 15, at 21. Think of like those yeah, dominant cycles, crazy. 29. Right, those yeah. are the time frames when we start to really see our responsibility. We start to understand ourselves Definitely. in a different way. You know, when you're 21, all of a sudden you can drink. You know, you're driving. You have like, you know, that's your job. You're starting to support yourself. I was kicked out at 21. <laughs> you know, it it was like that yeah. was really hard. And then at the same time, I didn't have any. I realized like I don't have that little net underneath me. Where like I can make really big mistakes and somebody's gonna be like, no problem, Jess, just move in here, you know? And and so that that I think too that we're really having to be responsible for a lot. Now that's where the dark night of the soul comes in, of that we're really conscious right now, right? Like from twenty, you know, from zero to twenty nine, you're trying to figure stuff out. You're probably using, you're doing stuff, right? Not everybody, but. For me, right? Yeah, I was like in this yeah. like kind of like sea of like, well, we'll just see what the universe produces. And I didn't really have a big stake on what I wanted to do. But when I turned 30 and I started going to college, which is my big thing, and then I'm like the more and more I learn and I'm I'm sober doing this whole thing, I'm not just in this thing. I'm actually trying to produce. Yeah. And seeing myself from this vantage point of like now I'm going as an astrologer into these things in a conscious way. Right. Which mm -hmm. has to do with like, I know I'm shedding. I know I'm going through my shadow. I know that this thing didn't just happen happenstance. I can see the energy surrounding it and what that planet or that energy is supposed to be teaching me. And that's how I feel like, you know, a lot of us are at whether you yeah. have astrology as yeah. your language or tarot or yeah. some other way to kind of connect in with the energy and the more, purification. Well, again, it is it is just the growth, right? Mm -hmm. The natural growth of a human, a, the you know, evolution. We right. just and and I think especially midlife women, <laughs> just to speak on our behalf, you know, we um, it is that going into that kind of crone time, even though you know we're still technically the mothers, but you know, going into this this crone awareness and this also this I don't give a fuck anymore because you have gone through so many lessons and you right. do and that's why it's so interesting to you know when you make friends um making friends with older women like I found that I actually have a lot of friends that are sort of in their 50s I'm 43 and I'm like that's really interesting why is this like this interesting gap of age right but I, I resonate with where they're at because they're kind of are, they're like reached this point, mm -hmm. this like pinnacle point where they're like, I don't give a fuck anymore. This is who I am. And like, I want to be around those bitches, right? right. I want to be around them because but you're also seeing yourself in the future. I'm, like, my, I'm witnessing right. like, Oh, like this is how this is going to turn out. Great. Okay. I'm into it. You know, well, I'm, you don't want to go through all the midlife crisis of, the, you know, people in your age group where you're like, I'm doing that and I don't really need help. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, but it, it's interesting that you brought up the idea of 
of what it looks like as a Gen X having been 14, 15 year olds. And we're going through all this stuff and we're going um, kind of on our own, right? And I was thinking that's... We're off so, trail. It was so like, that's so on point to what I was thinking about as I was driving down here because I was actually going to... That was what the TikTok was that I was trying to fill before I walked in was this idea of where the fuck are the shaman for the 15 year olds? Like I literally felt as I was experiencing a lot of stuff. I mean, there was there, I mean, not to go into like whatever was going on, but you know, moving away from my dad because he was totally toxic and, um, my extensive use with hallucinogenics and kind of coming into my sexuality and, you know, just hormones in general and falling in love and falling out of love and these, these friendships that, you know, were really, really intense and really like deep. And you really went through shit with your, with your friends, particularly like your close girlfriends, Mm -hmm. you were really going through shit. There was people that were getting pregnant and having abortions and there was, you know, people ending up in rehab and there was all these, this, this drama and trauma going on. And I remember just like it all kind of coming to a head and it was like a fucking full on. I was like, am I having a depressive breakdown like I didn't really and it's interesting I look back I'm like what is the difference between like you know back then how it really felt was like okay am I am I like almost suicidal just so sad and depressed because it's just all coming down at once right and what is the difference between like being just super depressed and just also recognizing that like this is just dark night of the soul you're just you're just working through the karma right and who allows, who, who teaches that, right? There's no, for teenagers, there's nobody, and you work with teenagers, right? It's different there's, though for, there's no, for kids in this generation I know, than it that's, was. That's what is so it's, interesting. And I don't want to make it seem like, I don't think that there's any kids that are suffering the way that we did at that time. Yeah. Because that's, that's not true. But I, I've noticed that like, Right now, the sort of collective conscious with Gen X was to overcompensate. So mm-hmm. there's a helicopterness. Yes, that's there's backfired. People, right. There's people that, you know, their kids don't know how to do anything. And, you know, I know yeah. Trinity yeah. had friends that don't even know how to do laundry or cook oh for themselves. God, so and they're painful. like and in their, their 20s, 20s now. <laughs> and, and that's... Yeah. It's sad, but, and you know, that's the thing is that when I hear these generational, like, oh, that generation, you know, it, it's all a balance. We yeah. go through these yeah. different things because we have to experience that thing. And so when we see like, yeah, we probably shouldn't leave our kids alone all day, every day for, you know, weeks on end. And at the same time, we should probably teach our kids to have these like life skills. Life skills. Yeah. And so there's a balance there that's really important. So so now, you know, a majority of the kids do have parents that are around a lot more. And mm-hmm. and I think COVID helped with that too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and yet there are in the underbelly kids that don't have any supervision at all. Yeah. But we as a collective had the least supervision of any generation probably for the longest time. And yeah. I mean like that's the thing is that we're capable. We all survived. Yeah. And we were all traumatized. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm and not all parents in that thing left us alone, but we're, yeah. you know, kind of speaking towards that 
that pain that happened. And because we were super responsible for our actions with our friends and like, you know, I don't think that we parented each other. We did parent each other, but I, if you weren't accepted, you were Mm -hmm. not accepted and you had a lot of pain and those Mm -hmm. little issues with friends. Like I never learned how to have an issue with somebody and overcome it in the way that I see a lot of kids nowadays being able to do. I feel like all of that stuff was like fight or flight or survival. Like all of a sudden, like it it was was the worst thing in the world or nothing. There was no, it was very, and learning from that. Yeah. Learning from that. Like you didn't, I didn't, couldn't go to my parents and be like, look, I had this problem at school. you know, this and that, and then them give me sage advice and accept me and love me and give me a hug and let's go have ice cream. That never happened for me. That was like, well, and and I lived primarily with my mom when I was in that age. So it was just like, she was in her own little world. She had her own And this is, you know, and this is the thing is like, if we had a organized sort of cultural understanding, which I, I, I thought you would think we do, but I don't think we do, of what it means to be a teenager, what it feels like, if we can all remember, because I know I remember, but I know there's a lot of people that probably don't. They've like blocked it out. It's like whatever. But if they have teenagers now, how, I, I remember having a, a conversation with a girlfriend of mine because our, our boys actually our kids are all the same age and she was like we're just we don't have rites of passage Mm -hmm. like I need like where do I send my son to go off and learn how to be quote-unquote a man whatever you know what I mean like for lack of a better vernacular um but where where do they learn that where is the where is that point when they finally get recognized as an adult or just even an aware human that has emotional awareness right Right. because we're we're not even talking necessarily we're not even talking about just like feeding your kids keeping them clothed getting the school we're really talking about emotional maturity and awareness and how do they get that where does that come from well that's why they're attracted To football, gangs, you know, all these like male dominated things because that's what society says is manly. I remember in Sebastian Junger's book, Tribe, he talks Mm -hmm. about the rite of passage Mm -hmm. and how um, that's really lacking from our society. And and, and like having that sense of like Native Americans used to go on like a vision quest and, you know, you would kind of fend for yourself in like the wilderness and become one with the land. And, and, and I don't know that much about it, so I'm not yeah. saying that I do, but, but there is that sense of like, today I'm going to go and be in my own skin and I'm going to utilize the things that I know and I've learned and I'm going to put them to the test and I'm going to come out of that as something. And then, you know, being attracted to football and gangs and stuff where you're, you're, you're putting that physical test, mm-hmm. but it's so unhealthy and it's, it's not well it's, adapted to the society that we have right now. And exactly, exactly. And the and the the issue with that is that it becomes very, it it becomes very physical. It's definitely not so emotional, but 
whatever your surrounding, there's no guide there. Like you might say the coach, right? So suddenly the coach is in this example would be the shaman, right? Well, what is this coach showing these kids? What is, cause, cause he, as the coach should be the leader and be expressing to these boys, you know, what, not just physically, but what does it mean? Like, what does it mean to be a man? How do you show up in your divine masculine? How do you, like, that's when these kids should be looking at that. The whole point to say that if they were going through some sort of shamanistic experience, some sort of real guidance around what it means to be both divine masculine and divine feminine, right? When their dark nights of the soul really start coming through, at 29 to 50, they will be integrated, able to emotionally recognize and integrate. There won't be this need of self-medicating um, through whatever, drugs, food, sex, even work. You know what I mean? There, there will be a, a recognition of, of how to live your life more whole. And, and yes, Nobody's going to get out of this unscathed. You don't go through There's life. a physicality that's missing too, I think, from yeah. that Maybe. passage, right? Of like, you know, we're not really, we don't really have that right now. We yeah. don't have a collective like here, this is what we need yeah. to do to get, yeah. you know, in we don't physical have shape. communities right. that are to kind of working together to or recognize it. Living you know? off the land. Like, and I know like, okay, yes, I don't want to have to go and hunt all my food, right? Right. But... There's something, I, I, I heard something really profound about people that work with the land and how they become a part of that atmosphere mm-hmm. and there's a give and take, right? They're taking something, but they're giving back and the land flourishes under that because you're not seeing yourself as separate from it, yeah. that I have to eat to survive, but you're like a part of the whole organism of it. And I think that's missing from our society yeah. as well. And why we're all, why our dark nights of the soul probably are so dark mm-hmm. is because they, we integrate to want to connect, but the connection, we don't have the other we part of the connection. Yeah. We're all just kind of separated. And, you know, we're, we separate as a society, like, okay, this is your family. You're over yeah. here. And here's yeah. my family. I'm over here. And I'm going to try to get what I can for my family. And you're going to try to get for what your family, but where's the like togetherness. And I mean, I think that there are moments of, of, of togetherness, but they're usually come from tests. They usually come from like wartime Mm -hmm. or times Mm -hmm. that are uncomfortable times where we have to be like, no, this is my neighbor. And I'm, I'm, I'm there for you, you know? And I think, I think Gen X and, you know, the generations now are really starting to feel that separation more and more and more as we move farther away from each other, as we move into like a more of an electronic globalization, that connection of being in the room with somebody of like feeling like, like what we have going now where we're sending energy back and forth to come up with, you know, interesting things and ideas. It's so funny that you say that because yesterday I took my son to the doctor for his like checkup so he could play basketball and because you know rites of passage (laughs) with dudes um boys basketball i mean i don't know yeah i guess they separate them the girls should be able to play basketball with the boys actually now that i'm thinking about it but that's beside the point 
but the doctor was very specific. She, it was, it was actually the first time where I was like, this is, I like her. Like what? I don't usually like doctors because they always give really shitty advice. So I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? But she was very like, cause he's a total gamer. He plays video games for hours. I, I let it go. Cause there are certain things that I'm just like, that makes him happy. I am not going to make this a fight. It doesn't need to be a fight. But she was like, you know, do you actually play games with your friends in the room? And he's like, oh, sometimes, but not, not a lot. Cause you know, I, I, every weekend it's like, do you want to have a friend come over and spend the night? Do you want to go to so-and-so's house? Do you, you know, oh, no, we're good. We're playing online. And the doctor was so, she recommended a book called, I think it was called iGen. Um, and she's like, it, it was just such an interesting book around the idea of like how this, this generation is working, like how they, how they do their things. Right. But she's like, it is so important that even if they're playing video games, they're in the room together. And so when you said that, like, yeah, we're in a room together. It's like, yeah. Right. You, you, you are energized. You're right. re-energized. You're, you're, we're supposed to feed off our biofields. Like we're supposed to have, you know, even, even just how are they, how are they going to find, you know, people that they're attracted to if they're not in their field smelling them, you know? Yeah. Like all of the things making eye contact. It's, it's like, these are the things that are going, they were bad before. And we, and it's funny because I feel like we, I take it for granted. I think back to like, when we had like a crush on somebody or we wanted to like date somebody, we actually had to like learn how to talk to them Mm -hmm. on the phone, like talk or like meet with them and look, I, now you there can, was like, no way to like meet them without you, like meeting them. You were around their pheromones. Mm-hmm. You 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 had to like connect in that way. Now you know you have these dating sites. You just swipe and you're looking at a photo and you go. I mean, you can look at a photo of anybody. But you're not really attracted to that person. You you're don't attracted even to know the they're going to show up. They could be really good looking on a picture and be like, "Ew, I don't like how you smell." Right? I, I think there's like, tons of nightmare stories about. Oh, that. I believe it. I believe it. But like, that's where that gen, this, these generations are kind of headed. And it's, it is so important to bring this like real life community back, like getting everybody back into just, that's why the pandemic was so gnarly for so many of us, because especially, you know, but that's a dark night in its soul that we all went through. We all went through it. Right. Because I, when I really think about dark night of the soul, I think about all of a sudden realizing the isolation of being human and how you can have friends and have a quote unquote community and Mm -hmm. still feel that isolation and still feel that aloneness because you realize, you know, cause we're all connected really. Mm Mm-hmm. But 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 in our body, our prison, our yeah. our boundary, yeah. we're not. Yeah. Right. And then like there's little things like I don't know if you, you feel vibration, right? You can feel when you're connecting with somebody, and there's this great conversation, and you don't feel judged, and you can feel the opposite too. And sometimes when we walk in the world, we don't get to choose who we come in contact with, you know. And so I think 
a lot of the, these younger generations who have the option to not do that are doing it because it is really freaking painful too to be connected all the time. And they're realizing like, well, I can just stay at home and I have like way more to do than I could have ever hoped for. I guess the issue really is being un- being comfortable in the uncomfortable, right? Sure. I'm, and and I, I saw really... Um, I saw really, I was reading a story, like a, it was like a mom blog kind of thing. And it was all about (laughs) how kids don't have to wait for anything anymore. No. Right. Oh, so like they don't have to be uncomfortable. Their lives have become so easily, like so easy. Right. So they don't, there's never an, a moment of waiting for the dialogue. Waiting (laughs) to seriously. Oh my God. Um, (laughs) the dial I mean so many things waiting for a bus waiting waiting for you know waiting for someone to call you oh yeah right Mm -hmm. like uh the uncomfortableness of they don't have to be bored they do not have to be I I was just at the dentist the first thing I did was take out my phone I'm not bored like I don't get to sit there and just stare off at in space because I have something to automatically keep me entertained if you can't be uncomfortable, you're you're never gonna be comfortable with pain. You're never gonna be. You're definitely not gonna be comfortable with emotional pain. Like, I just know for myself, and maybe this is like my dark Gen X goth self, which it definitely is. That the pain that I was going through, kind of through my teens and you you it's so dramatic right I remember feeling so dramatic I mean the poetry that I wrote was so dramatic right but that pain sitting in it and crying and being so upset about things and feeling into it was beautiful right it there was something always beautiful you broke out of it Exactly. And that's, that's for me, that's the dark night of the soul isn't a dark thing because it's always ends up in this open, beautiful, clear, you know, it, you know, it's, it's likening to like when you just have like a really good cry and you come out of it and you're like, Oh, I can see. I wish you guys could see Jessica's face right now. She literally made the face of like, oh, that feeling. Like, you well, know that I, feeling. I right? had like recently one of my recent Dark Nights of the Soul. Like, I realized that I was using that <laughs> butterfly cocoons analogy yeah, all yeah. the time. And I was like, huh, <laughs> that might be more than just a couple of weeks. But you know, when you're in it, you're yeah. thinking, oh, this can't last forever. No. But then two or three years go by and you're like, <laughs> Well, I'm still in the cocoon and I'm still forming. I'm still trying to figure out where I'm at. I'm sticking one leg out. The rest (laughs) of me is still in here. Like your one wing comes out. You're like, but I'm still in here. You know, there's time to get out of the cocoon. There's this, this, this process. And I remember that, you know, like about two years ago, there was a situation and it made me cry from the bottom of my heart. Mm -hmm. I, I, don't remember crying from the bottom of my mm-hmm. heart before that, but I know that, you know, yeah. you know, when my sister died, you know, there were times definitely where that probably was a thing, but I had become conscious of yeah. the fact that the pain was so deep and intense and that 
there was nothing to be done about it mm-hmm. except for just go through the process. And, and during that time period of probably like a year, it happened multiple times where I just had to release whatever mm-hmm. was going on. And, and maybe the situation came up just to do that. Yeah. Like my fish, you know, yeah. I never thought I would love a goldfish, but then <laughs> I, I ended up like, like over identity cause I'm an animal communicator yeah. and I've connected yes, I- on such Don't a deep level. To, I totally get that. Yeah, totally connecting with these sentient beings on such mm-hmm. a deep level. My crystals, my plants, my my animals, these things that are, I wouldn't say they're under my charge. Like we're co-collaborating yeah. and living yeah. together. We have yeah. this symbiotic relationship where we're feeding each other. Yeah. And it's, it's so powerful that you feel so connected that any pain or discomfort that they're going through you not only feel responsible for, but you, you want to take care of it. it. And we're all in that symbiotic relationship in our family units with our children and our spouse and, and even our deep connecting friends, you know, where we're like going through their pain or their dark night of the soul with with them. them. And, and I think that moment, I remember sitting in my bathtub and like, I can't describe it, but it feels like a rock, you know, you're, 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 connecting in with that pain in such a deep way. And there's, it's tears, but it's not tears. It's like this energetic whoosh that comes from your eyes, I guess. Yeah. And you're just, it's just so freaking so hardcore. And it doesn't matter what the situation is. I, I could do that over the smallest thing. If I even think about my cat dying or being hurt in any way, I could go to that level. Yeah. But it's connecting with that. I guess it's our our sort of our black hole of pain. Yeah. Our, our that's a good word. Yeah. <laughs> well, in 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 the I think we all have black holes. I think we're a model of the universe. We all have a sun. We all have a Pluto. We all have a Saturn. But we all have a black hole. And somewhere in us is that reserve of pain, which we can connect to and kind of express yeah. it. And it's never ending. And 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 it's. I don't know if it's fixable on the 3D. Well, that's what I'm saying. That That's why I, I genuinely don't believe, like, you don't ever get through all the dark nights. Like, they're just going to keep coming. They just become... It becomes, like... It's almost like you have the first couple, right? So you have, like, whatever. It's interesting, because now that you've said that seven-year thing, I'm thinking 14. Holy shit. Yeah. Yes. 21. Even holy seven for shit, me. Holy shit. 21. 20, 28. Holy shit. Like I've 35, so 42 yes. and 49. Yeah. Like, so, Oh God, like I can't, it's so weird, but like, like clockwork. Um, but you know, the first one, the first couple you're like, okay, this shit's what, what is this? And then that's what I'm saying is like, you kind of learn, right? So then you learn how to stopper it. Like you're like this black hole analogy, because it's like, at first, the black hole is just like, poosh, it's like a huge fountain and it just keeps coming out. But then maybe you kind of learn how to kind of plug it up and you release it a little bit at a time. Just you're not going so extreme. At least I haven't. I, I think for me, my my last couple, let's say Dark Nights, have been, you know, intense, but they're shorter. Like I feel like they're they they kind of come and then I'm like, okay, I can like process this and I understand what's happening the first few it was like I'm out for days months like what just happened is this going I mean I would say that first one was three years of like being a teenager and just the shit show 
my 21. But I think that's an undeveloped, you know, because we're not, because like, think about it. Like now they're saying 28 is when your brain is fully developed, which hello makes complete sense. Weird. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and because like, and also think about like being renewed skin cells, they say Mm -hmm. it happens every seven Seven years. years. So you're a totally different person. person. And I think that first cycle, when you're figuring out who you are, you're being tested at those moments, right? Yeah. Those are the things that are coming out that are... And I, I, I can't help but think now that, you know, Saturn's about to go into Pisces, which is going to, again, be the same time frame is why we're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Because 14 and 43, 44, 45, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of other outer planet action happening, not just that. But I think it's really important for us because we're being tested. Mm-hmm. We have also the benefit of our North Node being close to our Saturn. So that's like our life purpose, conjuncting that responsibility. We're all ultimately responsible. Now it's going to be opposing and kind of testing, right? Okay. We're Yay. being tested. Yeah, yeah. I love tests. But, but I was recognizing <laughs> it's not the same testing at 14, 15 yeah. years old, where you don't yeah. have any control. You don't yeah. have any power. Mm-hmm. Your totally. responsibility towards yourself, like everything felt so like not secure. Yeah. And now like you're, I mean, pretty much you can decide in your life what direction you're going to go, who you're yeah. going to work with, right. the people right. that you want to be friends with. Yeah. It's not yeah. like you have to go to school and be around people that you don't want to be around. Or I, I you wonder know. if this is why, you know, a lot of people are in our sort of age group are kind of going like no contact with a lot of people. Sure. And I know, I know personally, and you know this personally, but a lot of my friends have dropped off and not necessarily in like negative ways. It's just been like the relationship has Played somehow its run its course. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's weird for me though, because I really value my friendships. I, for me, um, the people, because, and I think that is a Gen X like survival mechanism, because so many of my friends who are my friends now were my friends back in the day and we raised each other and supported each other. And so when it, when, so to me, my friends are family. They, they always take on, they've always taken on whether I've met them when I was seven, whether I met them, you know, six, seven months ago. Right. But they take on a, fam- a familiar relationship to me. They become more like sisters than, you know, just a friend that's like a friend. Like I, I, But I think they drop off not in a permanent necessarily. Like right. it feels permanent because right now right. that's what you're experiencing yeah. on, on, on a couple of different levels. But what I think is happening is there's a healing happening. Because yeah. you aren't the same person when you yeah. met them. Yeah. And also when we're in a relationship with somebody and we don't take space to like regrow, yeah. we end up having that same it's, playing out those same dynamics. It's, yeah, it's not the it, healthiest. Right. But right. then when you can disconnect for a while and you're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I'm I'm me again." Yeah. And yeah. and now like you don't have to play out that stuff, then you guys can regrow and then come back together ho- hopefully. At right. some point, and, right. and like it may be with some people and not with others, yeah. but you might find yeah. like there's a transition that happens in the friendship and you guys are both noticing 
like, I don't want to be known as this person anymore. Right. Yeah. Like, and I think for people who have gone through a lot of stuff, we have been so many different people. <laughs> and a lot of the relationships yeah. that I have from that certain time period, it's not that I don't want to be friends with them. I just have grown in a different way. And I need time to solidify that because I don't want to play out those dynamics it's that this, bring me back yeah, to that energy. To bring you exactly back into that. And that's, you know, friendships. So again, back to the dark night of the soul idea of like friendships being part of this, this transition, purification, purification, because again, you know, like I said, they're, they're so important to me as a, as just how I show up and how I, I guess, because for me, maybe I just need the validation. I need someone that I know that I can, that can hear me. I need you know, I, I really appreciate bouncing ideas like you and I like bouncing ideas off of someone that, that can really hear me and, and respond, be reciprocal, have the same kind of energy, lift me up, right. You know, and I can lift them up. Like I want to, I want to watch people in my life, fucking Capricorn climb like (laughs) constantly. Right. And when they don't, it's very disappointing for me. Um, and also, I can't stick around a lot of times, right? I, I just can't, like, stay in that energy with you, even though I, I recognize that you want to change or you want to get better or you want to do something else. But if you're not making the changes and you're not moving up, and like trying to like you're telling me one thing but your actions aren't matching I, how much energy can i like keep giving to that and yeah and so it, it it sounds it makes me feel like such a fucking asshole for lack of a better word not that i'm like breaking up with people but i just kind of like have to like not answer that phone call mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i just kind of got to like wait but it's an energy coming. thing and it if is. you know, if it you is. know that with two people, there's going to be an energetic balance always, you know, that's how mm-hmm. we connect. Right. Yeah. And if somebody is way up high and somebody is way down low, you they're going to connect in the middle. And so you can only shed off so much energy to help somebody else yeah. and vice versa. You're going to get people that are like, you know, they're ready to climb up the mountain, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that's great, yeah. but we're yeah. all at, but that's why it's so important not to love people where they're at and to recognize that like, you know what, this doesn't have to be a forever thing. I think yeah. we get caught up in that. Yeah, like, I think so I'm not, too. you're not calling me every 10 minutes, but you're not in my life yeah. right now, but that doesn't mean shit. Doesn't and, mean and we're not friends. You might, yeah. right. Because your soul is probably connected to that person. Yeah. We probably yeah. are all like laughing when we get on the other side, like, Oh yeah. I remember when you <laughs> thought you were leaving me because we're all connected. <laughs> totally. And that's part, again, yeah. that's part of that aloneness. That's yeah. part of that realization that like, you don't have control over anybody but you. And even then, yeah. like, do you really though? I, I yeah. mean, like, I mean, like, I think our soul and our higher self keeps like laughing at us and putting us in these crazy situations, but because we need that, yeah. we also need to recognize that that's where suffering. That's what, you know, you know, the, the Buddhist Zen you know, our suffering mm-hmm. is in those attachments. Yeah. Our suffering is in having that vested interest that somebody be going in a certain direction. Our suffering yeah, becomes, 
you know, when we think that person is never going to talk to us again. Right. I mean, you remember when you had those like relationship stuff and like, Oh, that was the hardest thing. And then, but you became more self-resilient and more understanding. And then that allows other people to, to not have to take responsibility for that. Right. That's interesting that you bring up Buddhism and the non-attachment, the non-attachment part of Buddhism has always pissed me off. But that's because I find so much validation in my relationships and so much, so much, um, connection, but it's a very good point in that and recognizing that really we're never, there isn't even non-attachment because we are all one. Sure. Right. Like we're all just playing. The suffering is fake. It's It's so so that black, that, that black hole is fake. It's just, it's our perception of it and it shifts. It's so, well, that's, and that's the thing is like, if you can look at the black hole as a beautiful thing, as if you can look at it as a teaching moment, as a learning, as a self-development, as a, as a way to like, you know, just kind of come back to homeostasis. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where that black knight comes in is that you're really just working through something so you can come back to homeostasis. You're going to work through it, find that balance, be like, okay, integrated that. What's the next thing? I, I kind of, I'm starting to look at life as like a, almost like a relay race or something like you're past the baton. Okay. I'm going to go run, do my, you know, sprint. And then I'm going to like, pass the baton and just like chill for a second, but it's like, then it's going to come back around. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You, you're always going to have the next lesson. And then, you know, from what I was reading and listening to the karma cycles, like, do they ever end? I don't really think so. And I kind of totally signed up for all of them. Like, I think this was one of those, I'm going to come back and I want to do all like, I just want, I want crazy shit. I think we all kind of do that in our own way. Um, but I have been so many people to get to this spot. Right. right? So me me too. And it's, and it's great because I actually am like, okay, well maybe hopefully this might be my like last go around. It'd be really cool if this was like the last, like what is the last lesson? Like what are you ever really done coming back? I know that we're supposed to be done, but like, is that real? Do you get to just be like, I mean, when I, t- when I am with clients, I tell them so many times, especially the new clients. And when I'm like doing consultation calls with them, you know, because a huge part of like our relationship is like, they need to immediately trust me. Right. Mm-hmm. And I remind them, I'm like, just, just know that there is themes in life. And like, honestly, there's nothing you will ever say to me. That will shock me because I recognize that there's just themes. There's life, death, birth, mm-hmm. you know, there's sexual relationships, there's work, there's, there's just things that all humans kind of really go through. Right. I should really like write this blog about like, what are the themes? Right. right. But we go through them. We might all go through them in different ways. And we might not go all through them in an extensive amount in this one life, but 
we're doing all of them. That's so just at says, some that's point, like the houses to me, and like all of the themes, and the right. like you have planets which are right. you're majoring and you're checking, in, right? Majoring exactly. Right. That's a you're, good way to you're yeah put you're it. utilizing that. I'm energy. like checklist, 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 checklist because Capricorn. <laughs> I need a list and I need to check that shit off. And you know, what is my, what is my list? What has been my human list? Where am I on the list? Am I down on like, I'm on 10 and I'm done or am I on five? And I'm like, crap, I got to do all these other ones in the future lives. Right. Um, but you know, getting through this karma in this life, it doesn't, it, it feels weird because you, you spend so much time as a child thinking you want to be an adult. And then you get here and you're like, oh, you mean shit can get really complicated, really, really dark, really convoluted, right? Like as an adult, our lives are, we thought like as, you know, 14, 15 year olds that it was bad. It can get so much crazier over here as an adult and are we moving through this karma the whole time? I kind of feel like I'm going to probably have like 70. I'm going to be like 70 and some shit's going to hit the fan. And mm-hmm. I'll be like, really? We're still doing this? Like, at what point do you get to just sit down and fucking relax? <laughs> right? I don't think it exists I here. don't know. And, and you also, get these little moments. You I, get these peaceful moments. But do we ever, like, can you retire from your dark nights of the soul? Like, <laughs> that happen? No, I don't think that happens. You know? I are we so we're gonna be like in our eighties, like so well, I don't I think wanna it try does, to be more no, than eighty five years think, old ever, but you know, and and I think the thing with karma and cycles in general is is that I think as we because when you're 80, you're not as you're kind of in your own routine yeah. in your own situation. You're not living life as you're not a, trying to necessarily pay, but I mean, that could be not everybody's experience, but I think yeah. generally what we think of old age is we go in somewhere and hopefully somebody takes care of us and, yeah. you know, and I think our society, again, that aloneness of when you get older and how you've kind of treated other people is going to show up. Yeah. So it really depends on what karma, you're right as an 80 year old. I mean, but karma itself in, in leaving, I mean, cause I think there's a lot of people that are like, this is my last life. And I'm like, but, but see, I've been, stu- I've been on the spiritual path a long time. And I used to think that too. And then I heard somebody say like, there's nothing like, this is where you're where, at yeah. for a reason. Like, yeah that we're all kind of in this together and I think we're all going to come back together and we're all working out these things. And, and I think as we evolve into higher consciousness, that's where more love and light come Mm -hmm. in. And so things aren't as tough as it is now. And I think we're at such a pivotal point in our evolution to where we're so conscious of the separation. And, and, and I think that pain in itself is why we're just like, I don't want to deal with that anymore. But as we start evolving and we start connecting more and recognizing this, it's going to get a little bit easier to Mm -hmm. deal with. At least that's what I hope. And that's kind of like, intrinsically like I can see because like if you think about an astrologer we're we're about the cycles yeah we see the planets moving and each time we get to a place every time it changes it transforms into something else you know and and I think we're all pretty pretty much on the same page that it's it's really hard here right now yeah. but 
everything is hard before it becomes better. Before you get the like low. And if it wasn't hard, would we ever make stop. the changes that we need to make? If things weren't really sucky in pol- politics yeah. and in in business it's and a- in all of these different ways, would we would we even be formulating the way out of them? Would we would we even be able to connect ourselves with the solution? Because we wouldn't see it as a problem. No. So we would just keep continuing again, on though. Again, there is this this part of remembering to sit in the discomfort you have like people the problem is is that the way and not to get political but if we're going to talk about like just society as a whole nobody wants to be uncomfortable so nobody's really making i mean we can say we are but as a whole, nobody's making huge shifts and changes politically that really should be made because it would be uncomfortable. The shit that they would have to really go through. And so as things change and as we kind of, I mean, we're definitely in an oligarchy in my opinion, but as Blue we tech. hopefully, hopefully have, you know, this some sort of collapse because it's going to have to be a collapse. There's going to have to be a full revolution. There's going to have to be... Unless people are starting... Unless they kind of are okay with being uncomfortable, they're going to stick with what they know. And that's a two-party system. That's like, okay... I mean, everybody... It's crazy. I really think everybody recognizes that things are a disaster right now. Like they're really but not I very think, ideal. But but I think though that people are becoming aware. And the awareness, right, is with the Trump first step. Right? Well, right, but Trump brought out this like underbelly society of like, you know, this the like and and I think too with technology speeding up. Mm-hmm. You know, like Marjorie Taylor Green, I don't think would have been a thing in the 80s at yeah. all. Yeah. But now she has a platform and she's kind of, right. she's tapped into this pain body and she's speaking the language of people that are in that thing of like, you know what? And that's the kind of funny thing about the hierarchy of like the white supremacy thing is like, once you get to the top, it's like sort of like they're a victimization now of yeah. like, Oh, it's so hard up here, you know? And I'm like, and like, it, it's really, really <laughs> sad, but they're tapping into that pain of yeah. like, people who are at the top that think they're the victim, yeah. right? And they don't see all of the resources and stuff that they have because they, they don't have to. Right. And they don't see, like, they don't really have the obstacles of some of the, like, lower socioeconomic and especially, like, a lot of the minorities who, like, even college is so, it's such a hard thing for them to even fathom. And they had this opportunity, but maybe they didn't take it. Maybe they just like thought, oh, I'll just get this job. But see, there's so much privilege in that. Yeah. But now it's so painful. But the thing is, is that it's now uncovering all of that. It's uncovering this, like how racism really looks, you know, later, like we used to deny it in the eighties. It was like, oh, okay, well, you know what? But we're past that now. And in the nineties and then when Obama got elected, it was like, we are so post-racial now and there's so much equality happening and it's not true. It's what we're choosing to look at, what the media is choosing to cover. And now with technology the way it is, we're really looking at these things. Now, 
platforms like Native American, I love Native American TikTok and YouTube and, you know, where they can come up and actually we're listening to their voices. Honestly, though, I'm having, I've been having this kind of download recently and then something, my cousin sent me something the other day and I was like, this is because there, there's talk around, you know, banning TikTok, right? There's talk around, obviously there's always talk around trying to ban social media sites for whatever reason, right? Censorship. Down, my instinct is that there has to start being a, um, a a letting go on my part, or just in general, but for me, of internet. Just like literally being aware that the internet is not going to be at all free. It's not going to be a place where we can all communicate. It's it, it's so easily corrupted. And I think that we need to like start really thinking about what that looks like in the future when we're sitting here, we're having this conversation about like, yeah, we can all, we can access Native American TikTok right now. What happens when we, what happens if we couldn't, right? Now that we can, what happens if we can't? And what does that mean? How do we then communicate? How are we then coming together how are we then rising up how there's gonna be i honestly feel like i don't think you could put that information that's coming out now back into a box yeah no i agree like definitely once it's out there it's obviously like we'll all but then again generations you can see how how do you organize how do you come to it's 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 this like we're gonna be i worry that we're gonna be somehow thrown back 50 years it's like okay are we all just saying you know what what was it called? Telegrams. <laughs> We're gonna have to use real phones. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think that's always you know something that because the obviously the government wants to control things, but I don't know. I can't. I I can't see how. I think everything is already pretty monitored. I mean, they're just keeping yeah. track of us with everything oh, yeah. that we do. For sure. And everything that we say. For sure. And, you know, I think you just kind of have to use discernment in that way yeah. and just understand yeah. that, you know, there are po- powerful people that want to relay certain types of information. But I also think they're like, TikTok isn't the only one doing those short videos. Yeah. You know, there's YouTube. Now Facebook's doing them. Instagram yeah. is obviously yeah. doing them. Yeah. And I think, you know, as long as people have access to... And I think that they do monitor them. I saw a number of TikTok videos from people from countries that are like, this is what's going on here. Yeah. They're trying really hard to monitor it. The algorithm yeah. is going to send it's you the stuff. And so the algorithm time. is actually already doing that. It's already deciding what you're interested in exactly. and it might be sending you things that are triggering you I on get, purpose. Yeah. Oh, I totally so, got some stuff recently. I was like, what, what, what? This is not at all what I want to be watching. I was really irritated. I would like got more than, I was just more irritated than anything. But I, you know, it, there is something to be said about we're all living our lives online and we're not, you know, the, the fights that have to happen in the connections that have to happen in person for us to keep each other uplifted, for us to keep each other focused, for us to come together and fight the good fight, whatever the good fight is, right? Is I feel like there's going to be, it's like this more and more like separating 
for maybe not for you and I, because we were raised in a generation where we connect with people in person, but these kids, like it's, it's so funny because I'm like, yeah, homeschool. And then I'm like, but then they'll never see anybody. Right. It is that, how do we keep our children safe and, and also like human? How do we keep them human? Right. I mean, this is totally off subject. We've gotten totally off the subject. But as soon as we get political, it's always happens. It's true. <laughs> how, does, how do politics relate to Dark Knight of the Soul? But it does, though. Everything yeah. relates to. Yeah. You know, and I think, but that's part of what kind of brought me into a lot of my Dark Knights of the Soul is like mm-hmm. paying attention to what's going on. And, and in the world. Yeah. You know, I, I'm reading this book right now where he was talking about conspiracy theories. And, and it's one of those authors that really wants to remind you that you create your own reality, mm-hmm. you know? And so, mm-hmm. I, and I, I had this exact thing where I, I, I'm very educated on the conspiracy theories because I know that nothing we're told is really true. So I'm really wanting yeah. to, to, to understand. To the sides, right? right. Yeah. And because it's, the most obvious thing with the way things are working right now in politics and medicine and every single industry out there, it's controlled by somebody and that somebody has an agenda, right? Yeah. And, but, but you go too far into that and all of a sudden your whole life is like, I'm powerless. There's yeah. so much powerlessness yeah. in that versus seeing it from the part of like, you know what? I get it that there's stuff going on, but what can I do in myself? What is, what is my goal? Because I can't have all the goals and I can't fix it. I've recognized not to sound powerless, but that this is what we need. We came here to work through whatever this is and that we're all sort of in it. And I think the more we become responsible for ourselves and it's not the algorithm is the algorithm, TikTok and all of those things. But if you don't have like, other things that you're looking at, like books, mm-hmm. you know, regular books and, you know, all of these things. And if you're not really connecting with like what makes sense for you, then it, it really, if you, if you need to go in that direction, you will until you don't anymore. And I think energy is fluid and it exists always. So even if you're here right now and it's not the place you want to be in five, 10 years, or that you're stuck in the Marjorie Green energy or the rush limba or whoever the thing is that's really getting you. Cause I yeah. realized it's an emotional can like even getting mad about what's going on in government it's is so an emotional connection. It's that's where the yeah. suffering is. Yeah. That is the part of us that needs to identify with suffering. And we can go so far into that and get lost yeah. and think that that's what it is. But then taking yourself out and recognizing that in your world right now, what are the things that are stopping you from your goals? Where are your limitations at? And that's the dark night of the soul. Recognizing all of that pain and then coming through to the other side and creating something beautiful from it.